On this episode of the Peter Panda Podcast, we're going stone sheep hunting in the Canadian Rockies with my good friend and the Yeti co-founder, Ryan Cedars. Settle in and saddle up as we recap our recent 10-day adventure deep into sheep country. This hunt had all the highs, lows, challenges, and rewards of a proper sheep hunt. So listen up. We're about to head back up the mountain to sheep camp with a man who's currently living with a serious case of sheep fever, Mr. Ryan Cedars. I think I like your version of it best, though. Yeah. Uh, that's how That's how I'm going to remember it. So many, so many good days out there just singing and joking, you know? Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Put my phone down here. Yeah. Okay. What time does the plane get here? <clears throat> Three o'clock. How f- how long is the flight? I think it is. Let's see. I think it's gonna be at least. It's gonna be three hours at least. Oh really? Yeah. Well, that's a pool. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, we'll do what we got to do. We'll get out of here. I don't want to leave, but uh, yeah. I'm ready to get home. Man. So am I. Whoa, Same thing. Did you see that bird just fly by? I did. Oh my god, that thing got really close. We're out here on the back deck of the main lodge. And uh, we've been stone sheep hunting. We're in beautiful Canadian Rockies here. Yeah. Pretty world-class view off the back deck here. Really is. We were just talking. You could probably just sit here with a spotting scope and glass up tons of tons of sheep and game just from the main lodge here. Absolutely. But that's not what we did. We went full send into the abyss and had what we keep referring to as a proper a proper sheep hunt. <laughs> it was definitely proper. It was, man. Um, so let's back up. Okay. Ryan Cedars. Yes, sir. Sheep hunting extraordinaire. <laughs> I wouldn't say that, <laughs> but I, you know, I did, did get interested in sheep hunting. Well, I drew a, a tag in the toke of Alaska in 2018. And I f- figured out that I drew that tag in February. And, and so then I figured I better get in shape. And, it, and if I had a good time on that hunt. I wanted to try to do some more sheep hunting, and and I did have a good time. And different than some of my other hunting, um, you know, I really enjoyed the training, the preparation, and uh, you know, as much as I did the hunting. But then the country that these sheep live in is just so wild and so crazy. And uh, you know, I had a good time, and I I have done more sheep hunts since 2018. So. Yeah. So prior to your sheep hunting uh, career. You you focus primarily. You're from Texas. You're yes. Very into your whitetail and your quail hunting. That's right. Um, and have a lifetime of experience doing that. I think you had told me at one point you had seen some sheep hunting in a book. Yes, I was. Here. I went to a, a friend's house in like it was probably like 2003, and there was this coffee table book called Great Rams and Great Ram Hunters by Robert Anderson, and I picked that up and started flipping through looking at all the old school pictures and I thought you know I thought you know if I ever can figure out how to do this this appeals to me if I'm going to do some other type of hunting all hunting is fun to me I would go do anything but I just don't have the time to do all that mm-hmm. and between my whitetail my quail and and you know everything else you'd have to get done and so so what what was it you looked at that book I looked at the book and the pictures just looked incredible and you know like a lot of people love going to Africa mm-hmm. and I thought you know, of these two, looking at this, these old school pictures of these she- sheep hunters and and how cool the country looked and how rough it looked, 
I thought, you know, if I ever do something outside of my normal whitetail hunting, this, this I, interests me. I'm not interested in Africa. I'm interested in sheep hunting. And so then I started applying eventually, mm-hmm. when, you know, uh, when I thought I could maybe afford it, then I started uh, applying and, uh, and then that's when I drew that first tag in 2018 for doll sheep in the toke. Yeah. And, um, if you're not familiar, drawing a toke tag is like winning the lottery. It was real nice. And it was a good way to uh, kick off my sheep hunting. Yes. A draw area in Alaska with trophy class doll sheep. It's rugged. It's a, you had a burly adventurous hunt. I did, uh, it, from the super cub flight in to, uh, to you know the hike up to uh you know kind of like a spike camp and and starting before the season finding sheep and then oh you went in early we went in early a day and a half early Mm -hmm. found some rams on that first half day once we got up there actually went in a couple days early but when by the time we got up to sheep country it i had a day and a half before the season started so we found a few rams one of them looked legal and then then as we were walking back to camp, my 21-year-old guide, Brandon Hamilton, pointed up into a little bowl. And he said, you know, sometimes they're up there. And I didn't I didn't give him any credit for that. I didn't, I didn't <laughs> think there were any rams up there because I'd seen these. The first sheep I'd seen had come down towards the water to get some water. Mm-hmm. And I thought if there was anything up there, they would have done the same thing. Well, the next morning we crossed the creek where we can get a be- and get up a little higher where we can see into that bowl. And it was, you know, there was probably, you know, 12 rams in there oh wow several of them legal you found the the honey hole that's right and so we the whole day before the season we spent all day laying there glassing you know kind of picking apart the rams and there was two that had my interest um the the one that i ended up getting which kind of flared out and then a little bit heavier one that may have scored a little higher um i don't know was he broomed off was the he was not broomed hmm. but and then there were several sheep in there that were um, i'm sure legal that were broomed on one side there were two of those at least well what a luxury to be able to have multiple legal sheep in front of you that's right and and so we ended up getting up early open in morning which i think uh alaska always opens on august 10th we got up early um, you know, walked along the river, saw a grizzly bear up above us, which was cool. My first grizzly bear in the wild. Which is a, uh, uh, to come a future precursor, uh, omen yeah. of, uh, good things to come on your sheep hunts. That's grizzly right. bears seem to be a good identifier. And, uh, so anyway, and then got up there early, um, you know, and the, there was a, there was a ledge about two thirds up the way of the mountain to look into this bowl. And so we knew they were up there. We were going to go peek over the edge, and I was expecting like a you know 200-yard shot picking out which ram of those 12, and I knew which one I wanted. And you're just hoping that they hadn't moved from the day before? Or? Yeah, we were pretty confident that they weren't going to move because we bedded them down there right. that night. You know, we stayed out late, and it you know I had my uh, down on and my rain gear on top of that, and it was cold laying there all day because we weren't active that day before the season, you know. Cold, and was it wet? Um, it, it might've rained a little bit, but it wasn't too wet, like by Alaska standards, you know. And that's probably the biggest difference between the hunt we just finished here. In Alaska. In Alaska is just the precipitation. (laughs) Yeah, it is nice staying dry, I'll say that. And I'm sure it rains plenty here. And we did get rained on and snowed on on this hunt, but. Yeah. Seems like Alaska, you seldom get to take your rain gear off on a sheep hunt. And I rarely put mine on this one. Yeah. But anyways. To finish off this toke hunt, um, we, you know, I thought we were going to come over the top two thirds, had some rocks to hide us. And we get about 50 yards from the rocks 
and a sheep comes over at, at, at 50 yards, we oh, see wow. him. It happens to be the sheep that the one sheep that I wanted to kill, you know, that I already had the approval from the guide. We lay down. Of course, you don't have anything this uh, or anything chambered. And so we lay down. I get my gun ready on the backpack and the sheep walks down to 25 yards broadside. And I have to, you know, slowly get around in without making too much noise. And he and I ended up getting a clean shot at 25 yards. But that sure did, you know, uh, sure was unusual for what I had envisioned on a sheep hunt. Totally. You know, but he pinned us down, knew we knew something was wrong, but couldn't quite figure us out because we were laying down. And we had the wind in our favor, so was it a frontal shot? It was. It was. Huh? Yeah, and uh, it was just you know Dead normally side. I'd prefer broadside, but with him standing there so close, it it, it did the job real quick. You know? Yeah. So tell me about that ram. How old was he? That ram was eight years old, thirty nine inches long on on one side, maybe thirty eight and a half on the other, and lamb tipped. Lamb tipped, flared out like a like a lot of those toke rams do, and the toke rams I think are. I'm not an expert on it, but I think they're known to be a little bit longer and a little less mass. And if okay. any, and if anything, I learned on this hunt is how much mass adds into the score. Not that it's all about score. I'd say with sheep, it's a lot about age. Right. And uh, but uh, but you can you know that mass really adds up quick on sheep horns. You know. So you kind of, you dove in head first. You got to dive in head first into sheep hunting. Well, as soon as I finished that toke hunt. I called my buddy Rob Spencer and said, "Okay, I need to start planning a, a, a stone sheep hunt." You're like, I want to, I want to keep doing this. Yeah, and and he found a cancellation hunt that someone had backed out of that already paid their deposit, didn't want their deposit back, and five weeks after that, <laughs> I was going on my first stone sheep hunt. <laughs> Just turned and burned. Yeah, and uh, and that one was quite an adventure. Also, another shorter hunt. I got on a roll of short sheep hunts for a while, but I've I've made I've made up for that. You sure later. have. Um, but you know we backpacked into an area in Canada, and uh, got set up. You know, spent better part of the next day looking for rams, and uh, you know we had trouble finding them. And then we we got across the valley, looked back to where we just came from, and there was a little fold back there that you know was hiding. 20-something rams. Good Lord. Yeah, and so we watched those rams for hours that afternoon. So what time of year? You're into October. Oh, this was September 29th, so it was getting cold. Yeah. And um, and so we uh, glassed those rams, you know, seeing if we could find illegal sheep in the 20-something rams that were all hidden back there in that fold. And they were below us. We were slightly above them. And it was some really rough-looking country back there, rougher than I was used to seeing. And we had left our Wrangler up on the other side of the mountain where we had went to when we glassed back where we just came from and found those. Mm -hmm. And we didn't see anything that got us too fired up. And um, then our Wrangler came back over and said, well, what about the ram behind y'all? And what ram behind? 400 us? yards behind us was a nine-year-old stone sheep grazing by itself on the side of this grassy, you know, pretty steep, le- you know, hill uh, side of the mountain there. And we snuck up to 300 yards. My guide put the uh, spotting scope on him, said to shoot him. Confirmed it. Yep. And uh, I, I sh- made a good, you know, broadside shot. He rolled just a little bit. 
and uh you know in a five-week span had two sheep down you know and i was pretty pretty fired up about it and of course the that was all backpack um and w- you know we had a long day the next day we weren't that far from camp that night but we had a long day next day getting out i was worn out getting out of there carrying you know uh you know what i carried was my you know all my stuff the rifle the the sheep head the cape uh the the wrangler and I call him a Wrangler. We didn't have any horses on that hunt. He became a Wrangler. We went out after mountain goats the next three days. And, and pulled some horses into the... Yeah, and that's when I first started using horses. And it was so cold that I didn't want to have anything to do with those horses because you'd wake up with frozen boots. And hop in a saddle. And hop in a saddle had no way to warm up your feet. And uh, I think I had a little bit of frostbite damage on my toes after that trip that lasted a while. But they feel feel fine now. Yeah, that's pretty rugged. So my first experience with horses wasn't great, but um, yeah, we got back to them. I I couldn't be more impressed with horses right now. Yeah, um, they may really made this hunt that we just wrapped up possible. So anyway, both those hunts were the most physical thing I had ever done. You know, pushing and kind of reminded me of what it took to get in to what kind base of shape, camp last. What kind of shape were you in? So when I drew my first tag, I was not in as good a shape as I would like to be in. I weighed. 207 in February because I just finished a five-month deer season and and you know deer, whitetail hunting you're sitting there you're not sitting yes and you know now I've gotten a little more into quail hunting where as soon as I finish deer hunting I'll start the lots of walking with the quail hunting and that helps me recover from deer season a how little many bit. miles are you walking day of quail hunting a lot really oh unbelievable um, you walk like eight miles oh yeah really yeah and so I mean we'll go out we'll start in the morning you know eight thirty nine o'clock and go tell dark wow and you're non-stop walking following the dogs these my my bird dog guys who have six english pointers um they're hardcore and they push you and it's a lot of walking and it's a lot of fun i love the quail hunting and i love uh love the the walking part of it but anyways you you're coming out of a deer season not in yeah so i I weighed 207 when i drew my first sheep tag and it scared me knowing what might happen in alaska at the toke yeah and so i tried on my own to get in shape and i had this is kind of funny but from fly casting for tarpon i had uh, some tennis elbow problems <laughs> okay. and this trainer or not trainer this uh physical therapist came over to work on my on my elbow and i was complaining that hey you know i've got this sheep hunt coming up and i'm i haven't been successful on my own at losing weight i know i need to every 10 pounds is exponential and he goes oh you need to go see this guy named david king who's like kind of like a um a coach on nutrition and how to lose weight and how to keep it off and Mm. he's an accountability coach is really what he is but he has a he has a plan for you you know he's like he's like your trainer slash life coach exactly yeah and so, and I, I said, hey, you know, I've got, you know, I don't know what it was, two months until, and I'd lost a little weight, but not nearly enough. I had two months until my sheep hunt, you know, I'd like to get down to at least 190. He goes, oh, I'm going to get you to 185 before your hunt. Oh, dang. And that's 22 pounds lighter than when I drew the tag. And I said, well, great. And it worked. I listened to him. I followed what, you know, within reason what he said to do. And what, what in a nutshell, what did he tell you to do? It was um, intermittent fasting. Um, and lower carbs, you know, I, it was, uh, you know, a lot of healthy proteins, uh, vegetables, stuff like that. And, uh, and cut, so for me, just cutting it down to two meals a day, Mm. 
was a big deal. And, and then, of course, I was, you know, I'd go to Colorado and hike and train and stuff like that for the hunt. But had I not lost that weight, you know, I, I, because we were flying on Super Cubs, they, they, uh, they weigh all your pack before you go in. I think we were limited to 50 pounds going in oh, well. on our pack. And they had these real good scales at the at the little yeah. forty mile air we were using. Yeah. And when I got back in with my sheep head and um, and everything that was in my pack, it was seventy pounds. And I'd never carried anything like seventy pounds. And that to a real sheep hunter, that may not seem like that much. And to my guide, my twenty one year old guide, Brandon, Brandon, he was carrying much more. But it, you know, all the side healing, you take one misstep and it just like crumpled me like you stepped on a beer can, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I, I definitely went down on that hunt, hiking out of there. Um, you know, I, I went down two or three times where it just was like someone stepped on you from top with that 70 pounds on. And had I not lost the 22 pounds, it would have been, I don't think I could have done it. It would have been miserable. miserable. Yeah. So you went into the hunt at 185. 185, and then um, when I went on that stone sheep hunt, I started lightening up a little bit. I wasn't as scared, and I went in at 191, and that extra six pounds, I could tell the difference. Really? Oh, yeah, unbelievable. Wow. And so, you know, and then I've always, you know, now my, I know going into sheep hunt, I need to weigh 185, and, you know, now this is 2023, and I weighed 185 before we took off on this hunt. Down from where I was hovering around 192. I don't ever like to get above that. But really where I need to be for the rest of my life is 185. Yes, sheep hunting is a great motivator. It is. To it's keep you healthy. 100%. It's, it's, helped, it's helped me out. It's changed my life on that side of things. And it, uh, you know, I w- always would like to be in some sort of sheep shape where I could go on short notice, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so fast forward. You, you hunted some deserts, you hunted some big horns, yep. uh, you drew, you know, you won the lottery again, drew a big horn tag. Yep. Um, you got the sheep fever, I think it's fair to say. Yep. And that's kind of been the core of, of our friendship and, mm-hmm. and everything that's brought us together. Yep. And last summer, uh, when we were in Jackson together, we sat down and recorded a podcast. If you haven't listened to that, go check it out. Um, but I remember giving you a hard time that you had, I think at the time you had six sheep, six sheep. And I hadn't had anything last over three days. And I was like, man, you need to suffer. Yeah. Like you, I understand that like you're into it for all the right reasons. This is just like good fortune that these hunts have been going so smoothly and successfully for you. But any real sheep hunter knows that. Sometimes you get kicked when you're down, and That's right. sometimes it really sucks, and yeah. it's so, not fun at every moment, and it doesn't happen in two or three days every time. Yeah, that's right. And so, you know, the two things I had, I had experienced plenty of physical uh, challenges with the sheep hunt, but I'd never experienced a long sheep hunt, and I'd never experienced bad weather. And so I wondered, there's, I wondered how I'd handle each of those, and a year ago, I went on a stone sheep hunt that we hunted 11 straight days, saw over 50 rams, saw some beautiful rams, saw some that would be legal, but just weren't old enough. You know, they were full curl, but they weren't old enough. Full, so in Canada, stone sheep be legal by a full curl measurement or eight years old. That's correct. Or older. Eight years old or older. And the outfit you were with 
uh, requires they, by eight, the eight-year rule. Yeah, and that which is fine with me. I Manage mean, the I, herd. Yeah, yeah, wouldn't want to kill a stone sheep under under eight years old anyway right. for my own personal goals, I guess. So anyway, I went on that hunt last year, grinded it out, similar to this hunt, a little bit more backpacking, a little less horses. We had horses about half the time, but yeah. I mean, really grinded it out in some tough country with plenty of brush, everything like that and plenty of steep hiking for 11 days. And so I had my first sheep hunt where I didn't come home with a sheep and grinded it out for 11 days. And for me, that was a long time to be away from home because I got two days of travel on each side of that. So I'm gone for 15 days. No doubt. And uh, and so that I had a blast though, even though I didn't kill a sheep. Yeah. I had I a great time. I lost a pound a day. I went in at 180. I went in on that hunt actually at, a little heavy at 190, came out at 179. Holy smoke. And again, I could feel that five pounds when I started out, but it came off pretty quick. It just with, it just dropped off. That's it. right, because we were doing just so much hiking over there. and uh, But I had a great time. I didn't mind that I didn't get a sheep. You know, of course, I would have loved to have got a sheep. Sure. Um, but, um, you, but you sheep hunted. Sheep hunted. And so now the the thing that I have not experienced is being weathered in for three or four days in a tent mm-hmm. where you can't really get out. And, and I don't know how I'd handle that. So I, I can handle the long hunts now, I think. Uh, but I, I have not ever experienced the next thing that's on my list is uh, getting weathered in, which I don't want. Yeah. But it's going to happen someday. It will. Um, and I, I know you well enough to know that that will be a hurdle for you. Mm-hmm. You don't like sitting still too much. I don't either. Yeah. Uh, but there are ways, you know, whether it's a book or watching a movie or, you know, having snacks that keep you happy. There's ways to, to navigate through that stuff, yeah. through the getting stuck in bad weather. Um, but that stone sheep hunt last year, it, it served up, to me, it seemed like it provided so many, like, crucial sheep hunting experiences for you that you, you hadn't had in the six previous successful hunts that's right um you know you've you've fought brush for two weeks you you ran out of water at one point right tell me that story we we were coming down off of um off of our first place we kind of topped out and and where we were at on these had these big grassy knolls on the top of these mountains which were pretty nice once you got up there because we could camp up there and run those ridges up high and stay above the sheep usually did you have to haul water up to that camp uh we did yeah and then we found a little water along the way but as we were dropping down to where you know we were starting at one side of this long long valley and coming out the other well we had the the guide had sent in some horses from the other way so about halfway through at about day five we were going to meet up with horses so you're doing a big through hike yes and um but when we were a full day away from meeting up with the horses where we would also have a creek for water we ran out of water Mm -hmm. with a full day ahead of us and right as we were getting low, running out of water, like we could tell we were about to run out, it was about time to set up, you know, for the night anyway. It was getting kind of dark, and this big storm rolled in, <laughs> and my guide set up our tent really quick and uh, filled all our bottles completely with off the tent uh, fly mm-hmm. with uh, with 
perfect water with ha- it was hailing and raining real hard, <laughs> and so we had our Nalgene's full of of ice water. Yeah, and it was like the the best feeling ever to know that we might be a day without water. To uh, have an to have an, uh, to have an every ice water to have every Nalgene filled with ice water and Man. to be able to cook that night. Uh, with the mountain house or whatever we were eating. Yeah, take the win, you know. Yep, and so that was a, a nice surprise, and and to have that ice in there was even better. Yeah, man, the the, the ups and downs of sheep hunting, you know, mm-hmm. you go from a terrible situation to uh, one of one of the best. Um, I really like that you didn't you don't call that hunt unsuccessful. You never use that word, and I hate that I'm even bringing it up, but I think it's important to say because it was successful. You guys hunted sheep. You went on a successful sheep hunt for ten days. You you went through the paces, uh, and and it just it does. You don't always go home with a sheep. And that, yeah, that's hunting. It's I, the reality of this. I think what it boiled down to is it proved that I could do. Like I was questioning myself if I could do the time. Uh-huh. And uh, and stay physical like that every day, and it, that proved that I could. I mean, we pushed it from from daylight till dark every day, and uh, <clears throat> you know it was. It, I I felt good about it. I felt you know. What do you I, think attributed to your stamina? I think just honestly wanting to find a a a shooter sheep. You know, a, a sheep of the right age and what we were looking for. And just the drive of uh, trying to get that done. Yeah. I mean, it's not just you know for me about it's not just about you know killing the sheep. That's what you're out here for for me. But it's all the other experiences out here that yeah. And, but but what really pushes me is I think and why you know and you saw it on this hunt. Let's just go check the next the next spot. I yeah. just wanted to check each of these little hiding spots uh off of our list you know boy did we (laughs) (laughs) and so so that's what we did last year and we did the same thing this year so that's what we're going to talk about here is the hunt we just wrapped up yeah so we just (laughs) what we get in last night one one a.m uh it was 12 45 12 45 we rode back into we got back to the base camp and i wanted to get in at about 11 i could have <laughs> i would have felt pretty good but by twelve forty-five, we were all oh, pretty miserable we were pretty crippled up yeah um so that was yesterday wrapped up day 10 mm-hmm. of a 10-day sheep hunt we fly out today that's right the hunt is over um spoiler alert we took it down to the wire and we did in fact get a sheep killed yesterday and we'll, we're going to work up to that monumental moment <laughs> but it started a year ago you called me yep and you were like hey i'm going back to canada i'm going to do another stone hunt i'd love it if you would tag along with me as my uh you know my plus one i think they what do they call it an observer yeah <laughs> so i thought <clears throat> that term was funny <laughs> uh but i i did i jumped at the opportunity i've never hunted sheep in canada i've dreamed of it for a long time and just the opportunity to accompany and help out how I could and uh get to get to see all this and experience all this with you was such a golden opportunity for me I jumped at it and that was last fall I think you called me and asked yep and um I thought about it every day leading up to it and so fast forward to what was it August 10th we uh we met up here in that's right Met up here in Canada and flew out to the base camp. 
um, where we met everyone. And you'd never been here, and I'd never been here. But yep. you knew you knew the we the we met up operators. we met up August 9th. Yeah, and then we met up that evening, and went to our, uh, our restaurant. You found restaurant says karaoke bar. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And then we flew out here on August 10th, and that's that was the first day. Uh, and we got, you know, as soon as we landed, we threw our stuff in the room, and got saddled up and headed out that first day. So August 10th, we were headed out to our our camp. So outside of your Super Cub flight in Alaska, uh, you don't have much experience in small airplanes. I don't, you know, obviously I don't prefer it, but <laughs> and, you know, mainly because I'm probably not educated on it, you know, and. Uh, I do like to fly with, uh, you know, people that fly for a profession. Mm. You know, there's a lot of these guys out here that hobby pilots. Yeah, or yeah, or they just love it and they do it. You know, but I want to fly with someone that's that that's <laughs> does it for a living. Yeah, and but, and we had a great pilot on the way in, and we were in a 206, I believe. Yes. Small. It was it was not like a super cub, but right. with our gear and three seats, uh, you know, we had it packed in, and uh, you know, I was I was glad to get on the ground and get started on my sheep hunt. Yes, we made it out here smoothly, um, and I thought we were, I thought we were going to spend the afternoon here at base. Yeah, and it very quickly became apparent that I was like, "Pack your shit, we're we're yeah. we're going right now." Yeah, which is what I'd prefer. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Let's let that's what uh, we're here for. But I'm, I you know, I don't. Uh, whatever the guide says to do, that's what I'm doing. You know. Yeah, and we we stuck by that. Uh, by that wisdom several times in the last week. Yeah. Uh, and we're still alive because of it. <laughs> um, so I don't have much experience on horses. I'm very yeah. comfortable in small airplanes. Yeah. Um, but I don't spend hardly any time on horses. <clears throat> I can count on one hand the amount of hunts I've done with horses, uh, mostly moose hunts. And we packed one of my elk out once with uh, my friend's mules. Yeah. But really besides that, I've, very limited horse experience. I like them. I think they're capable. They also kind of scare me. Yep. Um, and I don't know. I like hiking. I'm I'm a tall. I, I, I was the same leg. way. Yeah, like you know, my my first experience with horses was when we went out for a few days when it was super cold, and I ended up giving my horse back to the guide and telling him I'm walking out of here because primarily to stay warm. That's what it was. It was freezing. It was by that time it was October third or fourth, and it was cold and i just couldn't put on these we, you know we were tent camping i couldn't put on these frozen boots and jump on a horse and not move your feet right there's no way for your feet to ever warm up so i i you know i was skeptical of horses i always have been i was even more after the cold hunt <laughs> and then last year spending roughly half my hunt on a horse i got a lot more comfortable because we spent a lot of time the second half of my hunt once we met up with the horses and i could see them a little bit more as a helpful tool rather than just a, a problem, you know? Yeah. I, uh, I guess I, in my mind, I just thought the horses were going to be helpful to carry stuff out later. Yeah. Uh, but before that moment, like I, I can do all this on my, on foot just as well as the horse can ride me somewhere. Yeah. And that is not true. No, it's not. <laughs> we learned that on this hunt for These sure. These horses are unreal. Yeah, and the horses we're riding—they're uh, they're mountain, you know, they're mountain horses. They live their whole life out here. Yeah, they winter out here. Yeah, they spend seventy-five percent of the year, uh, just completely unleashed out here in this wilderness. Yep. And then early summer every year, they come and wrangle them up, 
I think there's about a hundred plus horses here. Yeah. Wrangle them up, work with their herd. Uh, you know, shoe them. Um, uh, I don't think they vaccinate them at all. I don't think they doctor them up too much at all. Um, but they're burly, burly wild horses that call these mountains home, just like the the moose, the bears, and the sheep do. Yeah. And man, can they get around? They can, and they just enable you to check off more of those hidden spots. You yeah, know? we talked. We talked about that where uh, we'd ride up. 1500 vertical feet in 30 minutes on a horse yeah and it was like man that that would take us with all of our gear all morning yeah and then that would be our day like we would we would get up to the spot and that would be a day now and instead it was just a part of the day uh, yeah it was part of the day and I, I say that you know once we got up you know a thousand feet mm-hmm. we still had plenty of rough hiking after that so it's not like the horse got us it just got us to where we could take off faster and not have to spend uh, most our morning getting up to a spot to where we could start getting into the sheep country. They got us to the edge of sheep country. That's right. They would take us to tree line. That's right. Um, which is, you know, half the battle um, going from the bottom to tree line. And then we would. We would we would get off the horses and spend the day hiking through sheep country. Uh, and often would kind of do through hikes. The wrangler would take the horses out a different way, and we would hike back to camp or meet meet up with the horses later in a different location. Yep. But a uh, point being, I was suspicious of horses too. Didn't think they were totally necessary in my mind. I'm a backpack hunter. Yeah. Like I felt very capable in that, and I still do. But. I give these horses so much more credit today than I did before we started this hunt. Yeah, I kind of was exposed to that last year and had started figuring that out, but this hunt really put it in full perspective for me. Yeah, so walk us through uh, day one, riding out and with a kind of camp. So I, I was not expecting the camp situation and the hunt uh, to unfold the way it did, the day-to-day uh, schedule. Yeah. Um, tell tell me what that. The, the camp like. the camps you know we're you and I are both more used to the tent camping. Yeah. Uh, we got you know they have these cabins set up which are pretty nice. <laughs> and yeah, all things considered. Yeah. They're very nice for being out in the middle of the wilderness and they're all near a creek which is super nice mm-hmm. for um, for getting your water or washing up or getting cooking water or whatever and. Um, and so, you know, we had uh, our tent and our everything we needed to spend the night in a tent. And, and sometimes that happens. On this hunt, we didn't have to. We moved camps. We did. But we never had to uh, ba- uh, to tent camp. First sheep hunt of my life. Yeah. Uh, I did not set up a tent. Yep. Which uh, is kind of sounds... Uh, it, it sounds like I'm uh, I'm not giving it enough credit or something because it was such a burly sheep hunt. Yeah. It was a proper sheep hunt. Um, but at the end of each day, we did. We came back to these off-grid remote cabins. Yeah. And got to sleep in a bunk. Yeah. And uh, wake up the next morning with a roof over our head, have coffee, jump back on the horse, and do it all over again. Yeah. So the horses in those cabins, I feel like, really enabled us to hunt really hard we did really thorough yeah i mean i you know you're getting up between five and six every morning 
you're on the horses by about seven. Mm-hmm. And then most times we didn't get back to camp till nine or later. Right. It's a long day. Long days. Um, and, uh, and it was, you know, fun and what I thought we needed to do to try to, to find what we were looking for. You know? Yeah. We, um, I liked that the guide kind of took one look at us and he said, we did our first hike with him. He said, you boys got wheels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, quickly understood that to mean we could hike. Yeah. And he was like, man, we're going to go. I think there were places he hadn't even been in the area. He was like, I've been dying to check these places out. Can't go there with most of my hunters. Let's go do this. So we did a lot of adventurous exploration into the uh, into the sheep. Yeah, that, that first day started off fairly easy, if you'll remember on the horses. There was even a point to where there was a potential shooter ram yeah. off the horses. So let's talk about that. Going yeah. into this hunt. Uh, day one. Day, day, one. day first full day of hunting. You joke about, you know, you, you dream of this hunt for so long. You spend all this time and energy to get here. We're finally here. It's day one of a 10-day hunt. I want to experience it for as long as I can. You know, you don't – part of you doesn't want to shoot one on day one. Uh, the other part of you, absolutely, you know, you know you're not going to pass up the opportunity at the right animal on day one. But there's this weird, like, double-edged sword to it where you're like, I will, but I don't really want to. Um and it's so hypocritical of me because when I'm guiding <laughs> and somebody says that, I'm like, oh, brother, we're shooting on day one if we can. Believe me. Like, I'm yeah. not going to force something, but we're shooting on day one if we can. Yeah. Uh, oh, it looks like plane's taking off over there. Yep. Is that the 206? That is. Yeah. Um, so we did. We rode up the first valley. And all of a sudden the guide is in front of us and I see him bail off of his horse and he looks back and I make eye contact with him and he makes a, a he raises his hand up and does a trigger pull with his hand like a like he's shooting a gun which means get Ryan and get up here with the rifle and I'm like oh my god it's happening <laughs> yeah. first ride first valley first day I haven't even done a real hike yet oh, I haven't even hiked yet I haven't even gotten off this horse yet and sure enough there's a double, there's two rams. Yep. One of them was about a double broomed, I think they aged him at seven. Yeah. So we didn't shoot him. Yeah. And, but and it was the first stone sheep I'd ever seen in my whole life. Yeah. And so it got and got us excited. And then I believe that was the day we didn't start our first hike until 3.30. That's right. And, um, and... It was a real, mm-hmm. real hike. Like, I was thinking, oh, this sheep hunt seems a little easier than <laughs> normal. Well, that changed real quick. <laughs> <laughs> so we rode up to that, that high alpine lake. Yep. And you think you're 90% of the way up the mountain. Yeah. You're not. Yeah. You're about halfway up. Even looking at the climb in front of you, you're like, all right, we'll be up there in 20 minutes or so. We'll hit the ridge, and we're going to follow the ridge back to mm-hmm. camp. Well, that was a grind. That was our first introduction to yeah, I think keeping we up with hit, our guide. Hit the first ridge an hour and a half later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we didn't totally get home did. till dark. Um, saw more sheep throughout that hike. Yep. But quite a few. That set the tone for the rest of the hunt. Yeah. We went full send every day. We saw rams every day. Yep. Um. 
yeah, talk talk me through uh, kind of as the days went by and how some of the things unfolded. We had good weather. Um, <clears throat> we did have great weather almost the whole time. the The only issues were wind, and the main issue with the wind was just you know aging with the spotting scope. That was the main issue. So the the weather was great. The wind hurt our glassing on aging. It just we had to spend more time on certain rams to try to figure to try to eliminate them or figure it out. Yeah, the slightest wobble in the yeah. spotting scope makes uh, counting the annuli on the horns rings yeah. almost impossible. That's right. So anyway, so but overall we had great weather for ten days. You know. Yeah, we did have a snowstorm. We did. Tell me about the snowstorm. Well, we started, um, we got the horses part way up to about the tree line, and then we had a, a proper hike. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Super steep, climbing, you know, many times on all fours, but there was a lot of the, the you know, the green, you know, the moss or the grass or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, we're going from like scree fields and boulder, very yeah. steep Super shoots, steep. Yeah. very steep uh shoots and faces of this mountain it's just intermixed with uh some really beautiful like moss strips as steep as that was it it felt fairly safe that you weren't going to slide compared to the next day yeah compared to the uh compared to one of the days i can't remember what day that was but yes the second to last day or whatever yeah so we were parked on some rant we get up there yep up up and away there goes the 206 there it goes so, we're trying to age the rams. Yes. Oh, oh, oh up at, there on this. Okay, so then. We 200 yards. We had them at 200 yards. There was two in there that were big rams. Mm-hmm. Um, one we had identified, or the guide had identified as seven, which is not what we're looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but what a stud he uh, was. Unbelievable pretty ram. Like yeah. a big sheep. Legal sheep, too. Yeah. But not what we're going for. Mass, tips, everything, um, but seven years old. And so there was another ram in there that was broomed off a little more on one side, and and he thought that that ram had the potential to be at least eight, and we spent a lot of time trying, or he spent a lot of time trying to figure out the age on that, even though they were fairly close for sheep hunting standards, you know, 200 yards or a little more. The combination of the wind and the whiteout snowstorm we had up there. Uh, and I will mention that I was the only one that took my rain gear that day. Yeah, I guess I can swallow my pride and confess to this now. Um, I, I made a cardinal sin of sheep hunting and stripped my pack down before this big climb at the horse. And it was a sunny bluebird day. Yep. And the guide and I both were taking unnecessary things out of, out of our packs to lighten up to go up this mountain and i looked at him i was like are you leaving your rain gear i thought someone pulls rain gear out and he was like i'm leaving my rain gear uh we're this is going to be pretty short we're going to charge up there age them and leave or kill them pretty yeah. quick here so i took my rain gear out of my backpack that was not a good idea uh, four hours later i was pretty wet and cold <laughs> oh my goodness so uh these dark clouds rolled in as we're waiting we're just waiting for the wind to die long enough that we can that our guide can confidently age this ram yep well it took four hours yeah it did and these black clouds started rolling over the ridge and it was like man that doesn't look good 
and then it i would have taken i took glad it snowed more than it rained because yeah. i started seeing some flurries or a little bit of like light hail go yeah. through the air and i was like that's cool that's better than rain i suppose yeah. but then it went sideways to a full-blown blustery whiteout blizzard that's right. Couldn't see the mountains across our little valley from us. It's pretty close, you know. Yeah. Couldn't it, see the river it below down us. About fifty yards of visibility. Yeah. You know, it went from ten miles of visibility in all directions to f- to fifty yards. Yeah. And gale force winds. I mean, it was yeah. ripping. It was. I went and crawled in a little cave. Yeah. I well, I first tried to just hide under my backpack. I got like wedged in the rocks and tried to just like hold my backpack over me. That wasn't working great, so I went and wedged in a tiny little cave under this giant boulder. It was more just like a little dig out under a rock and pulled the guide's backpack in and kind of closed myself into the cave and even half crawled into his rain cover over his backpack, and I spent a half hour in there, and when I popped back out, you were up above me, and you were like, still don't have an age on them and yeah. it was painful and and right after that there was a quick look that he got that he thought the ram was eight or nine yeah and something about the way it looked uh he was he was seeing some possibilities some more rings that were in the right place but down low uh, you know as the uh, where the you know which is mo- was motivating it was yeah well i thought man this might happen this is a heavy ram he's he's a little bit more broomed on one side but this could work yeah and this was fairly late in the hunt too mm-hmm. and uh but as it as it cleared back up he said that's a seven-year-old so we uh moved on and but this could be the night it was it was okay so so we pushed on and then um as we you know we're as we as it was you know getting late we had turned around from this one valley we went up we were coming back down where we had just come from Mm -hmm. and you know me and the guide are fairly far ahead of of you yeah and my horse is uh my horse operated in a little lower gear yeah and and you flagged us down and spotted a unbelievable spot way up in the sketchiest stuff you could find around here yeah uh, it, from my perspective, I was riding out behind you guys. I'm probably 400 yards behind you guys coming down the mountain. And I look up into this, this hanging pocket surrounded by just death, no fall zones on all sides of it. Yeah. But there's this hanging green pocket, 2,500 vertical feet up above me across the valley. And I just happened to look across and see, you know, what looked at first like a caribou or something I mm-hmm. like it looked like a black animal in this spot and I was like that ah, probably you know from the horse if you've never ridden horses it's very hard to uh it's impossible to glass off of a horse it's like trying to glass out of a moving vehicle <laughs> you think it's gonna work yeah and every and even if you know it's not gonna work you still try yeah but I ended up seeing this object move and i said by god that's that's an animal and all of a sudden i realized there were two of them maybe three of them and i jumped off my horse put my binoculars on them saw that there were three rams couldn't tell 
how big. They were about a mile away, but I could tell that they were they were mature, nice rams. And you guys were just about to go out of sight from me around the bend, and I yelled to you, and I tried to wave for you to come back. And I, I quickly learned that that kind of set off a bit of a panic, that you guys thought maybe I had fallen off my horse or something was wrong. And so as soon as I could, I was doing the the twister motion off my head with my hands trying to say that i saw rams turns out they were three of the biggest sheep three of the biggest sheep we saw the whole hunt it was and one of them in particular instantly you could tell through the spotting scope our guide could tell that it had the age and and uh uh, really you know what i would say world-class sheep yeah so if you if you want specifics on it but we're talking about uh, a 170 plus inch stone sheep ram that's probably knocking on 10 years old or older yeah, yeah. so a, a world-class stone sheep yeah um that consumed our lives mm-hmm. for the next 48 hours yep so walk me through how everything went after that so um that was late we go back to camp you know of course um you know um, our guide's fairly confident we can get there. Um, we, <clears throat> you know, make a plan to go try to kill that particular ram the next day. We were focused on just that ram. We're going to go back and find them. When we get back there, you know, I, I, I you know, my sheep hunting experience was if you leave sheep bedded in the evening, they're going to be there in the morning. When we get back there in the morning, we couldn't find them. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of hidden places up that high, but we couldn't find them. We ride around the side of the mountain, can't find them over there. We come back. I glass back up to that hidden bowl way up there, and I'm like, they're not here. And then our wrangler mm-hmm. said, oh, I, I see some sheep. And they were on the smallest ledge. <laughs> An even on a, scarier spot. Even scarier spot on a, on a little bitty highway on a 150, 200-foot vertical cliff. Yep. And... Uh, and so we knew they could get back up, obviously, to that bowl we had seen them at and figured they might do that. Um, but we we quickly said, okay, we're going to have to get up there to kill them. Right. And <clears throat> the climb up for me to get up to where we thought it would be flat enough for us, um, it was, you know, I've, I've got myself into a couple situations following people, but this one was if you fell – you know, I mentioned the day or two, the day before, you know, if you fell, even though it was super steep, you were, you could sit down in the, in the, in the moss or the grass or the rocks. You're not going to slide. It might hurt, but you're not, you're not going to fall to your death. Yeah. You're well, going to recover. This one, I felt like if you fell, you might keep on going. And then there were some 20, 30 foot falls below that one. It wasn't the 150, but it was. Well, it was enough to collectively. It was several hundred. It would have been, yes. You would have fallen thirty feet, time and time again, if yes. you had fallen. And it, it was the sketchiest hike I'd ever done for sure. And so I was. My biggest problem there was, and you definitely weren't as worried about this. And of course, the guide's <laughs> not as worried. But I'm like, if we kill a sheep up here, I'm worried about getting back down with a light backpack because we were, we were. And I've always heard that if you go down something and you make it down safely, you can climb back up. But you can climb yourself into positions you can't go back down. Yeah, I think that's really, that's some wise words that people yeah, need to Yeah, and so I had, those words were echoing in my mind. 
And I was already dreading going back down with a light backpack. Right. Okay. And so I was at that point a little freaked out um, just on getting back down. Yeah. And, we- and, and you had said several times that likely once we get up here, we might find an easier way down. Yeah. But I, that wasn't proven yet. I believed, you know, maybe I was just trying to calm everyone down because yeah. we spent an hour in this no fall zone, sketchy zone, picking it apart piece by piece, just trying to get up. And, you know, you get into a point where it's like, this ain't good. Going down looks bad. Going up goes bad. Like, golly, this is not great. Yeah. And so, uh, but I was trying to reassure you that I was like, man, once we hit the ridge, I'm very confident that if we travel up and down the ridge, we will find a better route down by looking down. We'll, f- we'll figure out where the, mm-hmm. the sheep travel. We'll yep. find a sheep trail and figure out where the we can get down better. Yep. And we no got parents. we got up to what I called the football field, the big green grassy area that was shaped like a football field. That's right. And that was you know, on its side, that was much steeper than I anticipated. And then I think the guide anticipated when we got up there and, and the, the guide started questioning if it was safe to go after the sheep. And for me, after what I, I was already a little freaked out from the climb we had just done. And what he said was that, that although it wasn't, it wasn't, it was steep, it wasn't a rock cliff. Yeah, there was just no ledges in it, and it was sh- it, it went straight down at the bottom of the f- football field. Mm-hmm. So imagine a football field turned at forty five degrees. That's right. Uh, and at the bottom of the football field was a three hundred, four hundred foot cliff. Exactly, and nothing. To and there's there. on the whole way down. There's no brush, and there's rocky parts. I mean, not rocky. There's a uh, uh, little uh, uh, stone exposed stone washes up there so you could stay on some grass which if i see grass i usually feel pretty confident and uh but then there was these washouts that and there's normally you get up there and there's trails or there's uh, uh little benches that would that you could stop on but every there there's one two we had to go over three uh drainages to get to where we think the sheep are right and one of them, the first one didn't seem as bad. The second one from down below looked steeper. Yep. And then we had to get up and to try to shoot into the third one. And when my when the guide started questioning um, if it was safe because of nothing to stop us before the cliff, and the fact that I was freaked out from the climb we just did, I was like, hey, if the guide's questioning it, I'm not doing I'm it. I'm out. Yeah. Now, and then you were pretty charged up. And, yeah. And, yeah. and you walked across the first bowl, and uh, and it wasn't a problem for you. <laughs> um, and, I, and, and I think if you would have had – I think the only way you get in trouble is if you – and that we didn't finish it, but if you, the only way you get in trouble is if you have heavy packs coming out of there and, and you, you make a wrong step. Yeah, there was no coming back from it. No. It was it was a hardcore, fatal, no-fall zone and, across that whole And what, what added to the excitement of the whole thing is we had a potential world-class sheep where yeah. we, you know, two, two valleys over on this, up in this little bowl. And I think I was a little blinded by that. Uh, uh, for sure. And you'd had it. <laughs> 
you'd had it go in your favor before on one of your own hunts, you know, where the, where the guide had said something about that. It wasn't necessarily a safety issue. It was a distance issue, but, but you proved it and went out and got the, you know, got the sheep killed. Yeah. And so we were so close and it come so far and we're on like day eight at this point, I think day eight or nine. I can't remember. It was a hard pill to swallow. It was. And, but in the end, I back to listening to your guide, uh, I decided that even though I thought we might be able to pull something off, if my guide would have said we're going, I'm going. Yep. But when he, any time a sheep guide that this guy has been on over a hundred ram sh- kills, ram kills, and when he's questioning it, I know I'm not good enough to uh, follow in his footsteps. You know. Yeah, and I, I never uh, was too defiant with the idea. I certainly wanted to continue. Yeah, and I thought we could continue, uh, but as soon as he said, I, "This ain't like this ain't safe. We're not. We shouldn't do this." Both of us said, "Yeah, we're get, we're listening to and, you." And that, the, the hunt wasn't over. The Rams could move around to an easier spot on the mountain. That's right. They uh, they typically, you know, I don't think they typically move that much, but I don't have as much experience, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and but it, it instantly when you found a better route down from that football field. It was not a bad route down. I instantly felt better. I, I think a lot of what I was dreading was trying to get back down that mountain. The way we came up. The way we came up. And you said that we might find a better play, way down, and we did. And sure it did. was not that bad going down. And and that, I, I you know, getting back to the horses uh, at Treeline, I, I felt good to be back down, even though we <laughs> left a big ram up there. Yeah. Um, and, but it was really nice that you found that way down and we didn't have to, uh, you know, slide down in a couple of places. And it was just, it was just sketchy. And the, the stuff where the sheep was, was extra vertical, no coming back sketchy, you know? Yeah. A hundred, a hundred percent. It was the right decision. Now I, I do know that there's some people out there, including our guide that probably would have killed that sheep if he was by himself, you know, and you, you got some buddies, you, I think you would have killed him. I think that, you know, some of your buddies that you've told me stories about obviously would have killed them. <laughs> yeah. But when, when the guide's questioning us three going over there, I, I was, you know, I'm going to agree with the guide because he, this guy's been doing it his entire life. Yeah. And, and, um, it was the right thing to do. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, we get down off that kind of depressed, but alive <laughs> and, uh, and we, you know, we ride back to camp that night and we have one last day um to to sheep hunt and if you want to kill a sheep we had all week there had been a couple eight-year-olds on the way back towards base camp that we had seen that were there all week beautiful beautiful legal sheep yep of of age and size uh but not not the the dream caliber that we kind of came for. That's right. Not not something that we were going to shoot on day one. And, and so so day ten, our last day where we have to get back to base camp. By that night, we had already you know our plane tickets were booked. The hunt was over. We had a decision to make to go back after the big ram, the opposite direction from base camp, <laughs> further into the wilderness. <laughs> yes, or to come out and try to have a fun hunt and kill one of these eight year olds, and. I just, I heard heard my guide mention it. He's like, you know, well, there's no question what I'd do. I'd go yeah. back after the big one. And, and you That ha- was it for you. That was it. That's all I need to hear. I'm, I don't need to go home with a sheep. 
I would like to, but I don't need to. And you just don't get that many opportunities at, at such a, a, a trophy know, class ram. Unbelievable what this ram lifetime. looked like on the hoof. And so anyway, I'm like, well, let's gamble. and Fortune favors the bold. Yeah, and go back after him. Um, so, so we, we did. We rode the next morning. We rode another two, uh, two, two and a half hours back up country. That's to right. Try to find that ram. Went around on the far side of the mountain. You know, we looked quickly at the middle of the mountain where we had seen him two days in a row, and didn't see him. We rode to the far side, all the way around up high, where we could see the whole other valleys and the side of the mountain. Nothing there. We we ride back to the middle where we had seen him. They weren't there, and then. We had one more spot to hit on the way out, and it, we might be able to, you know, if we hit this little spot on the other side of the valley, we might be able to glass up in this hidden bowl. Look and, into uh, which the we, backside, yeah. The backside and see if we might be able to see him. And then we might still have time to make it to those two eight-year-olds if we wanted to. Yeah, I, it's but, unbelievable how fast a 14-hour day goes by. Yeah. I mean, you run out of time. That's right. Not enough hours in the day, man. And, and so, anyway... Right at the last minute, our guide says we need to go all the way up in there to see the back side of that to see if he's in there. So we're going for broke for the big ram. Yeah. Basically, by by saying we're going to go check the back side of the mountain where the big ram is. We're taking out. We're, we're taking out the possibility of killing an eight-year-old on the way out. That's in right. Known area. Yeah. So we're, we were mostly all in yeah. that morning. Now we are all in. That's right. It's this or, or nothing. That's right. And so we go up in there because we want to see all the country we think that ram could be in. We don't see him, but we do find another little band of rams. Six of them. Six of them. Find and from a mile away, was it about a mile? Yeah, I think from, it was 1,400 yards. For, so from, from 1,400 yards, there was one ram that was clearly over full curl and clearly looked like he had some age looks like he had some age and um as the guy would say that one's got some bone on him yeah and so anyway we had um a creek we could get down in and hike up and you know we knew this wasn't the ram we were you know we had gone up there for right but we wanted to see what these rams were because we hadn't seen this this could be a, a viable option here. yes and um so um, we start going after these, you know, rams to try to get closer. We drop down in the creek. There's several beautiful waterfalls on that creek we hiked. I got up. some great photos of those. Oh, good. Uh, it had a great wind. It, the wind was in our face the whole time, which I was worried about because it was kind of a hot day. Yeah. I was kind of worried about some hot thermals gusting up to those sheep. Yeah. But once but, we got down in the creek, it was real apparent that we just had a headstrong draft yeah. straight down the creek. We get to where the bedded rams should be, the six rams, and they're not there. Nobody home. Uh-uh. And then we catch uh, the last couple of them going up into this next little hidden valley that we didn't even know was there. Yeah, at about 400 yards. That's we right. Just, we just get a glimpse of two sheep butts going around the edge. Yeah. And the guy's like, they've, they've fed. They've yeah. Either we slightly bumped them or they've gotten up and they've fed over this next lip. So, um we, um, we, you know, hurry as fast as we can at the, you know, reasonable without completely losing our breath to try to get up to this. There's a little V notch where we can see where we think we'll be able to see into this next little hidden valley. Right. 
and we didn't know how how what the hidden valley would look like but we looked like there was something up there where they were feeding up to you know that was stressful yeah because there's some ewes off to the left yeah. in that valley that had us pegged. Sure. And it's just, at any moment, those ewes could have flushed out of there and ran through the rams and taken the whole family off with them. Yeah. We even had, we were flushing ptarmigan, yeah. like stressing me out. Yeah. Like, any, like it was just, there were marmots chirping at us. And I was like, yeah. it just felt so tense uh, that, at any moment, this really couldn't, this might not work so, out. So we get up to the notch, and we still have to go a little bit further than I thought to get around the corner to see. And our guide got down. We could tell immediately he had his, he already had his spotting scope out because he knew they were going to be there. And there were two rams within 200 yards. Yep. One of them being that, that full curl ram that looked like it had some age on it. And he put the spotter on him. And he did not take long to say, grab your gun. He looked back. He made eye contact with me and did the same finger guns. Yeah. And I was like, Brian, it's it's go time right now. I already had my gun got out. The green light. And when I heard they're 200 yards, this is like a dream come true for yeah. me. You know, I'm like, this is awesome. So I slide in position, and the he, I, I hand the guy in my backpack, set my gun on it, and he... I say, no, I'm good. He was kind of trying to manipulate the backpack to a little bit better angle, and I say, I'm good. But, you know, I had my scope on 18 power. Oh, you did? It, I might have turned it down to 15. I can't remember. But uh, I'm, it was 15 to 18 power. I can't remember. And the problem was at the angle I was laying, the, um, the, the natural rest of the gun was above the angle of the sheep. Okay? Mm -hmm. So they were up about... Um, you know, I'd say about 300 feet above us or maybe actually 200 feet above us. Yeah. And, and so to get my elbow rested and everything, I, so I had to turn the power of my scope down to, to get the two rams, one of them being the, the shooter sheep, the one on the right. And, uh, so and I, they I were looking at us, they were looking at us and I never really felt super comfortable, but I felt like it was an easy 200 yard shot. I've done it. You know, hundreds and hundreds of whitetails, yeah. which you're in a more controlled situation. Yeah. And you know, I you know, I, up to this point, I'd killed six sheep all with one shot, six all shots. all just done. Up to two of them, you know, 300 yards or more. And so having a 200 yard shot after all this work seemed great. Well, I could tell the angle wasn't quite right, and I was having to force my gun down. Hmm to get on them get the crosshairs on yes and i didn't like that but i felt comfortable enough at 200 yards that i thought i could make a clean shot well i shoot and i think i shot over him you did okay so just an inch over his back okay and i i was just floored that that happened well i i was pretty sure you missed but there's still you know something yeah. inside of you know, where it's like I'm still, I'm walking through the spotter and I'm, I'm waiting for the sheep to give a shudder yeah. or, or stumble a little yeah. bit. Like, it looked like a miss, but it still wouldn't surprise me if this thing just falls over. Yeah. And then five seconds go by and I'm like, that thing's... Well, for thing's for a whitetail or elk, I would suspect that, you know, because I've seen it happen so many times, but these sheep seem to crumble when you hit them. That's a good point. And so, he luckily, they ran to the top of the cliff, which wasn't another 20 yards or less. Yeah. And we're both still standing there looking back at us. And he said, shoot again. This one was actually, um, you know, angled away, hard quarter, and um, and hard quarter and uphill. Yep. Okay. 
I still had to force my gun down. This time, uh, I hit the ram, and he crumbled. Dropped. Yeah, and he fell off. He ended up rolling. I measured it 240 feet and up. I think the highest part where a free fall was like 20, 20, 30 feet. 20, 30 feet, yeah. Something like that. He he did scrape up his horns a little bit, but no, you know, both lamb tips were still there. Oh, yeah. He, and, uh, and you know, uh, then we had a sheep down. Um, and Yeah, so we're this is all happening pretty quickly. Yep. Uh, all, all of a sudden, it, this all just happened. This yep. all came together. Afternoon of day 10. Yeah, 2 o'clock on day 10, and we are a long way from base Long ways from home. So we get over there, and what he got to, he counted in that spotting scope to ring to year 7, and there was a ton of space left after year 7. And he, he said, yeah, he, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, plus, plus, plus something. Yeah. Shoot this thing. He didn't, yeah. he didn't know for sure how old it was, yeah. but he knew it was old. Yeah, and we get over there, and it is at, a 10-year-old ram with his lamb tips and just a real pretty. Not a giant ram for the area, but a as pretty and as old of a sheep as, as I could hope for on the hunt. You know? I mean, it's it's the greatest trophy in a sheep is the age. Yeah. And the sheep is big. It's, yeah. uh, you know, 38, 38 inches long, 14-inch bases. It'll probably go just shy of 160 yeah it's a stud sheep but the greatest thing was it's a 10 year old ram it's yeah probably and, the oldest sheep we saw yeah and next when to you, the giant and when you think back to the thought of going after one of those eight-year-olds on the last day and to have all this to kind of go for it even though we were going for a different ram uh to have this all come together at two o'clock on day 10 so far from base camp um that it was really special for everything to come together like that. Cause I had already thought this hunt's done. Sure. And, uh, you know, when we couldn't find the Ram we were looking for back there, I, but I was prepared to go home without a sheep. I didn't care. I had this one, how many times you have an opportunity at 170 class stone sheep. That's pretty special just to hunt yeah, them. Yeah. And to see them. Yeah. And so to, and then to top it off with finding a 10 year old, beautiful, both tips, um it it, it wasn't was, some consolation prize yeah. it was like its own magnificent uh trophy yeah, it in was, its own right it was really a lot of fun and so you know we went through the we took some nice photographs uh and then you know got them all quartered up got them in the packs and got back to the horses and we're pretty gassed we, At this we were low on food yeah um we had to hike out you know a mile or so back to the horses down this drainage mm -hmm. it for a pack out it was one of the easier pack outs we had had 100 percent. but at this point in the hunt we're pretty worn down and yeah, we 10 have days into this let's say what time would you say we got back to the horses probably five five something five yeah o'clock and then we have a straight horseback ride also getting off and walking because you had to get out and stretch your legs we got about eight hours of horseback riding ahead yeah. of us and it was a beat down about it i could i could have handled okay until about 11 p.m i was doing i was suffering but and it feels weird to say you were suffering on, on horseback horse. it's true <laughs> but it is suffering um you were wearing a heavy pack for most of it i was i was had my pack pretty loaded because yeah. you know i had a lot of my gear in the in the saddle bags yeah but we 
emptied the saddlebags to put the meat in, yep. which is heavier than my gear. So I had a full backpack on in the saddle. Um, and if you don't ride horses regularly, it is a bit exhausting after a while. You're using muscles you don't usually use. Your legs are being bowed out and stretched, and your hips are being bowed out in ways that aren't normal. Yep. And you grow pretty dang sore. Yeah. And, and so, anyway, about 11 p.m., I was done, but there's nothing else you can do but keep riding. And then at 11.30, you asked me, hey, uh, I was riding ahead of you and been talking to, that, to the guide. And, I, and you were like, surely we're about there. And I had already knew we had another, at least another hour and 10 <laughs> minutes. And when I broke that news to you, I thought you were going to um, fall off the horse that we had another hour and 10 minutes to, to base camp. I didn't want to accept reality. No, and you even mentioned camping right there, that I'm just... <laughs> I'm going to sleep under a tree right Unfortunately, here. we had already sent all our uh, gear, <laughs> our tent we and everything. We had separated from everything. Yeah, they had sent that back to from camp early because we knew we were going to be late going way back in there. <laughs> But it, it was a reality that we that it, we couldn't take much more of those horses. But we pushed through. And yeah, it wasn't a train you could get off of. Uh-uh. Got back to base camp, got off the horses about 1245, get in. They have some leftover dinner here for us, all made up. We threw it in the microwave, had a great quick meal. I got my first shower in 10 days. That felt good. That's always a special thing. Yeah. I kind of did get into a little cold plunging on this, but I was only doing the lower half of my body. But it but it does change your, in my opinion, for me, it changed my attitude on the sheep hunt, just staying a little bit cleaner and a little bit yeah, more refreshed. You were, you were jumping in the creek pretty regularly. Yeah. And I the hunt a year ago, I'd seen a, a horse wrangler do that, and I was real jealous of him being able to, because it's warm enough to, yeah. once you get out, but... I was real jealous of him being able to pull that off and me being such a wimp, not being able to get in that cold water. But I committed this time to morning and evening at least going in halfway. Yeah, I think and it's so fun. It speaks to your uh, personality so well. Like, <laughs> this, like, regiment. Yeah. Like, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do it regularly. And, yeah. I'm, and uh, I'm excited that you have – you said you just – Ordered a I ordered a cold, cold plunge, plunge, and I'm hoping on any future sheep hunts, if I'm lucky enough to go on some more. Jump in the water. I'm a, I might go full send into, yeah. <laughs> into the creek and just have a have a nice uh, rinse off and cool down every evening. Uh, but I'm not there yet, but the the, the half cold plunge was, was great. So the day 10, 10-year-old man. Yeah, that, it was incredible. Proper and sheep hunt. It was, and, uh, you know, uh, I really appreciate your help on the hunt. It, you you did uh, you helped me a ton, and it, it gave me a little bit more confidence having uh, you there uh, to kind of make you know help with the judgment calls. I mean, I knew my guide; I'd met him before, uh, but it was you know when I'm invite I've invited on my sheep hunts for I almost I'm trying to think you know. You Most of them, I invite a friend. You bring a plus one. Yeah, and you don't want someone, that, especially on these, you know, stone and doll hunts, you don't want someone that's going to, you, I want to bring someone that's faster than me. Yeah. Because I don't want my guests slowing anything down. And so it, there is some selfishness to who I invite, <laughs> you know, uh, because you're handy as shit. And if <laughs> if it starts raining and you want to throw up a tarp in, in a split second, you can get it done. Man, that SG tarp. It game changer. It was. It was nice to have. Whenever the weather rolled in, 
you, you had that tarp up in no time with our trekking poles and I ice axe. I got pretty savvy with it. Yeah. Even and just as a wind and sun break. It, it was amazing sometimes. And so, yeah, uh, it was great having you along. And, I'm, I'm, you know, you did uh, everything on the hunt uh, just like the guide did and, and I did. And it was a lot of fun. And I appreciate you uh, pacing right behind me the whole time. And uh, even though you could outdo me on any of these mountains, it was nice to have you right there beside me. Because as your guide takes off and sometimes gets out of sight, I had a backup buddy there with me, you know. Yeah, I mean, we said it yesterday, but it, and it's pretty obvious, but sheep hunting is often a team effort. Oh, uh, this 100%. hunt proved it more than anything. Like that, that everybody involved, from our wrangler to the cook mm -hmm. to uh you know the guide to to you it was a true team effort on everything on yeah this hunt. It, just such a special ending to it it was um, you know and you don't have to kill something for a sheep hunt to be successful and uh it just it just made it so so incredibly more special that we knocked down a 10 year old ram yesterday. oh it was awesome well congrats on your seventh ram thank you pete and uh, I look forward to many more sheep hunts with you. Sounds good. I appreciate all the help. I'll see you at Coal Fest. Perfect.